Hey everybody, welcome back to Soapbox. We, this week we talked with Reed Wildermuth about his dark materials and how that relates to Gnosticism and uh, the spirit of separation in general. Uh, Reed is a very well put together guy, mentally speaking, and uh, it was a delight to kind of just let him go off here, which is sort of the purpose of the show. Um, and he, he had to cut it short a little bit early and there were some things that Kurt and I felt needed to be touched on. so. In typical fashion, we kind of are our goofy idiot selves for the last hour without Reed. So hopefully he and y'all will listen to the whole show, because I think Kurt and I both had some stuff about angels and time and morality and how that might change if one were outside of time that we just didn't get a chance to uh, to mention while we were on the show. Um, and I, to be honest, could not finish this episode without complaining about bare hands. If you know, then you know. If not, then you're probably a normal person. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. You get you get used to USBs, so we're going to slowly take you take them away from you and charge you for them. <laughs> Right, and now it's like the USB-C, so I have multiple adapters connected to my USB, whatever they were before, in order to make sure that, yeah, Yeah, and they always, they always keep, they keep inventing some new proprietary thing. Like oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I have a, I have a Cintiq, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, with what that is. That's like a, it's an art, it's a art tool. It's like a screen you can actually draw on. Okay. Like it's a okay. one-to-one. And uh, it is several years, it's many years old at this point. And like, I have to, I have this chain of adapters from the back of it that's plugged into my, my iMac. It just keeps growing every time I get a new computer. Like, that's so awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. and then like the, the, the screen will twitch out and I'm like, I don't know what's causing this along this I'm gonna see. chain. I'm going to see, I mean, obviously your listeners won't see this, but uh, I'm going to see if I can show you my... The nightmare of chords going on oh actually maybe i can't take my all right so again mac right so <laughs> they give you they give you an absolutely awful um webcam um but then they update everything so that you can now use an iphone as a webcam and i got a web uh, iphone from somebody so now that's my webcam um but then i have it mounted onto something and it doesn't really quite fit um because they don't standardize those things and so i'm afraid if i undo this i'll break it um i'm going sideways sorry all right so i'm not going to do that i was going to show you that you know my power strip because not only not only am i trying to chain a bunch of usb adapters onto other usb whatever legacy whatever the fuck they are um i i also some of my devices use us um outlets or oh yeah yeah so it's 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 kind of it's kind of better this way because i'm just imagining if you turn the camera around it's like that the akira (laughs) containment unit that's just it's it honestly when you're describing it it reminds me of like my my rig when i was doing a one-man band thing in my 20s with like a a loop pedal and like old synthesizer (laughs) out of date so i'd have like you know just a whole 
chain of connectors coming out like wider than the actual synth was itself and propped up with like a shoe that I'm not wearing while I play. <laughs> yeah, that's um modernity is great. I, I love it. Like all of these new technical technological advances that need new types of chords. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're living in the future. The future is so great. <laughs> I think if it was like a natural progression of things, it would be kind of cool and fun to have it be like, yeah, it's still archaic. But when you know that it's like just this pure capitalist motivation behind it to just fuck you, oh, yeah. it, like it takes that magic out of having this like fucked up rig. Oh, I, I don't, I don't feel there's any magic in this. I mean, it, it, <laughs> my chords, like, really, if you saw this, I, I can't show you because, yeah, I think my entire desk will collapse if I do. Have <laughs> you considered but, um, spray painting it all the same color as the desk? So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and my, my husband actually made me a new desk because uh, previously I was using one of those really amazing desks that they had in the 1800s, where. It's just a little writing desk because, of course, no one had typewriters or computers and, you know, you're an old lady or not an old lady and you want to write on a desk. Um, so you sit at that. Unfortunately, it's Europe, so it's, it was short um, because uh, 150 years ago, everybody was a lot shorter than they are now. Um, <laughs> and and with with the monitor and screen, or well, no, I guess the screen is a monitor. I, I don't know. With all of these things, nothing would fit on this tiny little old lady's writing desk, so... He got me a new desk and I've already filled it up with cords. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, mean, I guess we were going to, we were going to talk about. Um, <laughs> no, just desks. Right? Forget, we'll, forget. Let's just, just talk about that. desks. <laughs> it's an yeah. podcast. We do reviews mostly. Um, <laughs> welcome to Soapbox. We're here with Reed Wildermuth uh, and we are discussing his dark materials. And uh, not I, mine. No, not mine. Not his. We could maybe bad joke. I I want to jokingly say it's Bill Pullman's uh, dark material. <laughs> Bill Pullman. Why do I know that name? He's the he's the he was the lead in uh, Independence Day. He's like the president oh. or whatever. He's uh oh. and he was also in um uh what was the Star Wars parody that Mel Brooks did? Spaceballs. <laughs> I haven't, so I haven't seen seen either of those. Am I actually okay. qualified to be on the show? <laughs> yeah, no, that's the, you don't need to have seen any. You cannot be disqualified from the show. Okay, can I try to get myself disqualified? Sure. <laughs> you you can start disqualified. We'll start. You're yeah, uh, you're okay. a rogue, a rogue I'm agent. A rogue. What am I doing on your show? <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> there would be some kind of trophy we would have to make. <clears throat> I'm actually uh, I'm kind of excited that you picked this because uh, I had read these books. Uh, it's the Amber Spyglass, the Golden Compass, uh, and the Subtle Knife. I think are the name of the three books, at least in the U.S. If you're in the U.S., yeah, and it's yeah. Uh, Northern Lights is the Golden Compass in. So it's a Amber Spyglass. I'm sorry, Northern Lights or Golden Compass is the first one. But yeah, uh, Subtle Knife is the second one, and then Amber. Oh no, wait. Amber Spyglass. I think it's the Amber Spyglass. Maybe I'm wrong. I think that's the third Maybe one. Maybe the one on the red was. Uh, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. I think. <clears throat> oh, God. Yeah, I'm already disqualified here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I read these years and years ago. Um, and I kind of, I remember not liking them 
And I think it's because I sort of sniffed out like, this is atheist propaganda. I sort of, there was a little bit of that in there. So I was a little bit like, I don't care about your lessons. Um, uh, but revisiting it, especially as a TV show, I actually really, I really dug the show. And I I'm kind of makes me want to revisit the books, although it's been a very long time. Um, yeah, I, I read the books, uh, I guess this would be 2000. 2004 I was so I never read Harry Potter and I remember when everybody was wearing Harry Potter and for a little bit I was wearing reading Harry Potter um and I was working in a hair salon um for a little while as a receptionist I didn't cut hair but there was this there, this long period where every every male child and and half of the female children like under like 16 wanted a Harry Potter haircut it was very bizarre. And I remember, okay, this is taking over, but I don't want to read it because everyone else is reading it. Well, I want to read something else. And uh, and then I started reading The Golden Compass. Um, and I was like, well, this is fucking brilliant. Especially since when I was a kid, I was, um, I, I read The Chronicles of Narnia, I think seven or eight times. Um, <laughs> and of course, The Lord of the Rings as well. But The Lord of the Rings is you have to be a special kind of kid to really re- read that. So I, I think I didn't read them until I was 12. But uh, I had read Chronicles of Narnia like eight, I think, and was absolutely in love with all of it. And I was even, you know, I was kind of Christian at the time. But even at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm a little Jesus-y, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's the Jesus-y stuff is obvious. Um, but uh you know, uh, Philip Pullman series, and and you 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 call it like uh, atheist propaganda, but I think uh, the better word is like anti. It's it's the anti Narnia, like it is mm-hmm. the absolute opposite of everything in Narnia, um, and uh, and actually, totally like side note, but um, I haven't been able to find out if this was actually like a quote because he did get asked, or if it was the hypothetical question somebody had asked him and he was answering to an, a hypothetical but you know Guillermo del Toro right yeah like so either either apocryphally or in reality he had been asked if he would consider doing the line the witch in the wardrobe uh, I don't mm. know if this really happened or if someone had said what if they had asked you um but his answer had been um I would be absolutely thrilled to do it but the lion is not getting off of that table because, you know, in Narnia, the lion Aslan uh, is Jesus. And there's a point where the white witch is uh, sacrifices him. And then he's resurrected. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Del Toro was like, sure, I'll do it. But the, the, the lion's not getting off the table. There will be no resurrection here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's kind of also how I felt about Narnia in general, like the, wow, this beautiful series, but fucking christian and not just christian but really painfully aggressively christian you know um mm. if, if you were to go back a little bit to uh um what c.s lewis's uh uh inspiration what he said was his inspiration george mcdonald who was uh he was a scottish presbyterian uh his stuff uh is you know there's there's a thread of christianity through it but it's bleedingly pagan Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then Lewis goes on and he, he makes this bleedingly Christian thing with just a tiny little bit of the pagan stuff in there. And I, I liked the Chronicles of Narnia for the paganism, not for the Christianity. And then, 
uh, I guess I would have been 20, 25, I found his dark materials and I'm like, oh, this is actually what I wanted. Even though written by a um, atheist or he, he actually specifically calls himself a humanist uh, atheist. Mm. Um, but it was the most bleedingly pagan thing I'd ever read. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Plus, you know, at, at the core of the story, uh, besides all of the details, is also this don't ever fucking trust an adult. You know, whereas like in Narnia, like most of the adults are good and kind and they just kind of step back and they're, they're all kindly and, you know, whatever. And there's just one or two that you have to avoid. But uh, in uh, in his dark materials, like every adult is fucked up. Every single one is like, you know, even the good ones are mm, kind of messed up. Um, and so, yeah, I don't trust adults, <laughs> which, again, makes it makes it an anti Narnia and um yeah. Anyway, I'm talking a lot. You ask me something or say something. I don't know. <laughs> this isn't my podcast. This is yours. Come on. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> okay. I guess it's mine now. Okay. Welcome to the real line. I'm we're lo- we're we're loaning we're loaning it to you for the, for a little bit. Um, okay. The show where the guest is the host. <laughs> no, no. I think that's interesting. I I've never read any of the Narnia books, so I, that I, that having that other perspective. Yeah, that would have been that would have been fascinating. It it also sort of um it is funny that even though and revisiting this, like even though he is, you know, an atheist humanist as he declares himself, this is so he's still touching on something that's like really real about spirit and 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 magic and everything. It's it's very it's coming through very clearly in this series. Um, and even like, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and there's a, there's a lot to sort of parse with that. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. So well, on that, on, on that matter, I could say, um, I, I was just rereading a couple of my husband's so funny. I, I was reading um, some grimoires, as it were. Um, not necessarily grimoires, because my interest right now is in Christian theological descriptions, uh, or Christian political the- theological descriptions of witchcraft uh, in the 1400s and 1500s, because uh, there's a lot there. Um, but I, I was reading uh, Jean Baudin, who wrote uh, the six books of the Commonwealth Wealth, and he also wrote... Um, on the demon mania of the witches. And he refers to Agrippa a lot. Um, and then also a Calvinist. Um, I want to say his last name is Wycliffe, but I know that is not correct. Wycliffe was a different one who had all written about, um, about paganism in general, or well, they didn't call it paganism, you know, the demons. Um, but when, when I was reading them, uh, so the reason why my husband's really funny is he was like, Oh, what did you do today? And I'm like, Oh, I, I wrote a book from the 1500s. He said, didn't they have any newer ones? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so while I was reading it, like, um, like Baudin mentions Metatron, um, and mm-hmm. is, is speaking specifically on the Enochian, um magical tradition when he's trying to explain how all of these witches are being misled um and there were a couple of things other things when i was reading but now i realized oh right philip pullman read but and then he also wrote or read agrippa like philip pullman was 
quite quite well versed in all of these things that you know pagans and occultists well not not so much neo-pagans but uh, you know in general um uh you know read in order to find these things and, and he had just probably read them as research or had some sort of passing interest of his own in it um and so weaves a lot of what he's 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 gotten through there i mean the you know at at the end when you learn that the the power that is acting on behalf of the authority is named metatron mm -hmm. um you know that is that's from enoch um that that's the was it the first intelligence i think that arose after um after the original god um which of course is not seen as a demon or devil uh in in that sense but you know he specifically uses that name and i'm sure you know when he wrote it there's no wikipedia he didn't just randomly like look up cool names to use you know um so he had to have been at least uh at least have read these things or read some of them enough to have an idea of what he was doing um again probably just for research possibly not but yeah it's it's really it's interesting that metatron ends up being the like main angelic villain because i think there's even in some uh in some stories about metatron and his origin it's actually uh metatron was originally human there's a version of that where and i think he was one of noah's sons or something that's taken up uh, i think it's i think it is actually enoch that supposedly right that then enoch is the Enoch is the only one who is is taken up and uh, becomes an, an angel in the uh, in the the Hebrew text or the apocryphal texts. Yeah, as far so, as I know, I think yeah. I think Melchizedek never dies or something, but he isn't said to be taken up. But Enoch is actually taken up. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting choice to make the main villain Enoch <clears throat> for the main reason of it being a man who became the highest sort of angel. Like in, even in uh, in grimoires, like you have, like in Rudd's and whatnot, you have Metatron being like the furthermost out. And um, experiences I've had with him are almost like a black hole. Like it's almost like the void stuff. <clears throat> interesting too because it almost seems like shouldn't this be a female like <laughs> that's kind of how uh how i felt it's it's very odd though it's like an active nothing um but putting that in context i think it's it does work because if you're looking at corruption and if you're looking at distortion then like who better to be the enactor of that than someone who was human <laughs> well and then but then also the the people versus him are kind of doing the same thing that he did they're they're stepping oh, yeah. up they're yeah. stepping up to his level it's a mm -hmm. it's a human dude and it's so funny that basically like the actual you know quote unquote maybe creator god is just this old sad man in a box that you don't even see like in the show you see him for like three seconds or something right it's the same in the book too they just they <laughs> they open the box and then he's just they, they see him kind of whimpering and barely able to move and then he's gone mm. um and uh, I, I, yeah, if, if I remember correctly in the book, they don't even have to stab him or anything. He's just dead, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and yeah in the film it's or in the 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 adaptation version it's uh it's such an afterthought i guess for the most part people who like haven't read the book and see it they're like what what the fuck is that (laughs) oh that was that was god (laughs) (laughs) you know no one cares about god god's just like in a little like box um very wizard of oz yeah, so so on that, like the you know the authority and all of that. Um, I, I mean, should we be giving a synopsis to people, or is this is it just assume that they already yeah, have read this? If it like helps you describe the point you're trying to make, then like great. But yeah, we just kind of assume people either don't care about spoilers or they've seen it. <laughs> okay, or yeah. hopefully they will see it and then listen to this again because we probably make no sense otherwise um maybe we make no sense with it too um but okay so so his dark materials it's it's a three book series there there are books that um occur outside of it as well that he's he's written um i've only read one of those um which is a great book though um the oh what's the name of the boat i forgot i'll remember it later and anyway so so it so the whole uh, series follows this this girl named Lyra. Uh, Lyra is just a normal person. Um, she is living in a university and she believes that uh, the man who brought her there, uh, Azrael Balakwa, uh, is her uncle. Um, Azrael is uh, or at the beginning you don't really quite know what's going on, but Azrael is uh, researching this thing called dust. Uh, dust is this kind of subatomic particle idea um, that within this world has a has theological implications and um and then she learns that this woman who comes to kind of take her away from the university to to help her uh uh oh why am i forgetting her name remind me guys what's her name (laughs) mrs coulter thank you um i mean yeah, I just remembered. Uh, so Mrs. Coulter, uh, this woman who is working with this um, religious organization, kind of the equivalent of the, the Catholic Church, as it were. She's an experimental theologian, um, which is in their world, a physicist or a scientist in general. Um, she takes Lyra away and then she finds out that uh, later on that Mrs. Coulter is actually her mother. Um, now, Mrs. Coulter and uh, Azrael are constantly at war because they're on different sides of a large theological question, which is whether or not humans should have dust, whether or not uh, this, this strange particle that uh, clings to adults but appears to um, avoid children until they hit puberty, um, whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing. The, the religious group, the magisterium in this world, um, they see it as original sin or as a sinful sort of thing, whereas Azrael sees it as uh, free will. And so the rest of the book is, is kind of a big war over this, uh, with Lyra eventually being the person who kind of fixes everything, but fixes everything in a very stumbling um uh, rather brilliant way, but she has no idea what she's doing most of the time. Now, with uh, in this world, so the the magisterium, it's it's worth mentioning. Um, in in Philip Pullman's setup with this, there there are multiple worlds. There's a multiverse. Uh, all of the worlds are connected, uh, and you can actually cut your way through with a a knife, which is the subject of the second book, the subtle knife. 
but uh, each world has some similar religious organization or scientific organization that's attempting to to do the exact same thing to uh, prevent the moment that children reach adulthood or prevent the moment at which they um, lose their innocence. And the magisterium in this world, which is a really important point, is located in Geneva as opposed to uh, Rome. So they act like the Catholic Church, but you can tell that there's a very strong Protestantism to them. the Calvinists were, were in Geneva. And where was I going with this? Okay, so, uh, and the matter of the authority, that, the authority that we were talking about in Metatron, um, Azrael has declared war on this authority because the authority that God um, appears to have just been an angel himself, uh, not actually the true creator of the world. So there's a bit of a Gnostic uh, framework here. Um, the magisterium believes it to be itself to be operating on his behalf. Uh, they're actually operating on behalf of an, an angelic being uh, who used to be human named Enoch. Uh, this being is called Metatron, who is attempting to take away access or to try to control access to dust, free will, um, will in general, as it were, uh, from humans. And the... I say that it's got a Gnostic framework specifically, and that's kind of like a big topic I wanted to talk about with this because, you know, within Gnosticism as, as we know it, or Christian Gnosticism as it were, um, the the spirit is a good thing. The spirit is trapped within a awful flesh prison um, that at some point we can get out of, or we have to try to get out of. And everything was, the material world was created by the demiurge. In this one, it's there's still a sense of a demiurge, but when that demiurge is destroyed in the end, um, the material world is actually better. Uh, he, he didn't actually create anything. Um, flesh is not the thing that is trapping people. What is trapping people is humans attempting to trap people in um, order to separate them from their 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 spirit. So, uh, again, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit more. Everybody in the primary world where most of the book takes place uh, has a demon. Uh, the demon is a, a little bit closer to the Greek idea of a genius. Um, it's not a kakodemon, uh, not the evil demon sort of thing. But these are in the form of some animal, uh, insect, whatever, and they're external. The primary way that the magisterium is attempting to uh, control people is learning how to separate people from their spirit, their, uh, their demon, uh, up to some really awful experiments where they use uh, strange metals and electric currents uh, or ambaric currents, as, as it is in the book. Uh, in order to separate them and use the energy harnessed from that, a bit like nuclear uh, fission, uh, in order to power other things. So, so anyway, so yeah, that's that's the general setup. But the the what the demiurge does, if you look at this as a kind of gnostic fantasy, um, what the demiurge is doing is attempting to convince humans uh, that they are okay without their spirits, which is a lot what 
you might be able to, or you might say is what the material mechanistic worldview from the enlightenment has actually done where uh, Gordon White has talked about this a few times um, where, where now we, we believe that spirits are at best external to us or they don't exist um, or they're just in our head. They're illusions or delusions and not actually part of us. Whereas in Philip Pullman's conception, the, the demon uh, that, that humans have in Lyra's world is a lot like the, the soul dualism that you see in um, African uh, indigenous religions. So actually, almost every indigenous religion has some sort of uh, idea of this, where we have multiple souls. We have the body soul, uh, which is what we would consider flesh, but there's also a soul that animates that. And then there's also a wandering soul, which is separate, but connected a bit like a sibling of the body soul. And that's the thing that can uh, move outside of us when we sleep. It can go wander, which is why it's often called a wandering soul. So here, the, the great evil is the attempt to separate humans and other beings on other worlds from that wandering soul part of themselves uh, to, to make them only bodies. Which is both archonic and, and Gnostic. Like there's the, it kind of, kind of covers a lot of ground with the way that this uh, was set up. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's like there's a fractal nature to it because the the whole act, like the that shearing thing that they're using to separate the children from their daemons, that's almost that almost mimics like what Metatron and the whole structure of authority is doing is it's coming between you and spirit. It's this whole like cosmic middle management almost. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's sort of it sort of fits with that idea that of course if we take away free will that everything will be perfect because we can control everything like as right. this broader idea and it and it um and and it's it's funny because once you have that frame like anything becomes justifiable to because yeah. you when you when you have your when you feel that you're so correct and right about things uh you will do horrible things because ultimately there's good on the other side and that's what mm -hmm. they're doing to these children. They're doing horrible things to it. They're they're killing them uh, while they still live. They're turning them into zombies, more or less. Right. And, Which yeah. that is that is uh, I mean the that is again where where Philip Pullman is obviously very well researched because that is actually the the process of making a zombie is specifically to separate a human being from their wandering soul. And you can use the wandering soul to, to create a fetish, uh, to, to imbue a talisman or, or whatever with, with whatever you want. And then the body soul, the zombie, what's left of it, and zombie is actually the name for both parts. Um, you can turn that into a slave, but you're going to turn it into a very ineffectual slave because it's got no will to live. It's, it's going to be listless our idea of what a zombie is like something shambling about pre uh 28 days later like before zombies could run our idea of a zombie being the shambling thing that can barely do anything and it's just like constantly seeking the brain of someone else um that is the 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 magic that a that uh, i'm sorry it's a book home, i think is the name um uh yeah that the sorcerer would do uh, to separate a human. And of course you could always put it back, but in, 
Philip Pullman's world, like there's there's no putting the 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 demon back with the human. They're um, always separated, um, and the demon immediately dies when it's disconnected from the human. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I found myself thinking a lot about that blade, and. Mm. What is that blade in our world? And what has that blade been at different periods of time and different, uh, you know, junctures in the road? Like you were talking before uh, when we when we spoke before about the um, the description and that you briefly mentioned that like the description of of um, uh, the nation state or the philosophy behind the nation nation state being like this direct um, like a direct response to witchcraft or the threat. Mm -hmm. So this, that's like one of those junctures, right? But we've, we've had so many. Um, and when I think about where we're at now, it seems like the blade has evolved to be, um, to be more effective by keeping us like in this floating anxiety, like trauma state, uh, where you're just sort of like, I wonder how many fucking wandering souls like just because of people glued to their screens and having yeah. this Terror <clears throat> so as a as a marxist um which is something i also am um i would say um a good word for what the blade is is alienation and you can use that in any context you don't have to use that as alienation from labor but but that's a that's a good example um you know uh the the point that marx made that people tend to forget very quickly is that you know, he had shown that what capitalism was doing was alienating people from their own labor, their own ability to, to change, create, uh, to, to imbue things with value. Um, and what the capitalist was doing was pulling away that, um, that power of labor from people, alienating people from it so that they forgot that it was even a part of them. Mm -hmm. But you could look, uh, you could use alienation in the same way when you look at, uh, alienation from land, uh, the process in the uh, 15 and 1600s with the enclosures and colonialism where people were either being pushed off their land into the cities or being pulled off their land in chains into other places, uh, alienating them from separating, like literally the making alien to um, taking it outside of the person or taking the person outside of the thing. Um, you know, that created a kind of zombie or alienation or a feeling of loss that then you can manipulate into other things. It's, you know, race theory came about as a result of those things where nobody knew where they were from anymore. And so they were either white or black in the American colonies. Um, the, the, the same thing with alienation, of course, you know, persists now in the modern age where we believe that uh, we are being liberated by technology. You know, as I, I don't know if that got recorded or not, but when I was talking about the thousands of cords that I've got, um, you know, connecting this this brilliant little machine that allows me to communicate to you, I am so liberated that I have. I, I think there are fourteen or fifteen cords right now. Now, sure, I could I could be using um, Bluetooth or wireless for some of those things, but if you use too much Bluetooth, then everything starts to slow down. Um, you know, so we believe we're free, but then I look at all of these cords. I'm like, no, I'm not very free. Wow, this is very alienating. Um, and and I think that 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 blade you could look at it as the alienation in many different. I mean, that's literally what the blade does. There, it alienates the the human from their demon. Um, 
and this alien and other are very much like the same sort of concept too like othering a part of myself if i remember correctly alienus uh actually was i, I believe it meant, meant uh meant outside i'm, I'm going to look up the etymology while you guys continue talking i am addicted to etymology online it is <laughs> greatest I, you know, fuck Wikipedia. Like, I just, I just want to read about etymology. That's all. <laughs> you um, can discover some really fascinating things going, going down that pathway for sure. I just, it's, I, it, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think, I think probably every third one of my essays is written with the help of etymology online. <laughs> <Etymology>. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what I was going to say is that it's sort of, what's interesting because the, the blade that's that shears ah, sorry and let, let me just uh interrupt yeah. you so alien is from alius uh the other or beyond so yeah it's you know what is your alias what is the other name that you go by so <laughs> alien is from the you are other you have other, been uh, other. No. uh what what uh so what i was gonna say is like so so you have the blade that shears the the daemon from the child but then there's the subtle knife, which is potentially made from a similar material. Mm. And it, it, to me, it's, it almost becomes like this, uh, this, I, this idea of the imagination, like it opens portals to other worlds. And like, I don't, there's something there with like, it's possibly the same technology, but just put to different uses. Uh -huh. And, um, uh, if you if you wanted to get like really allegorical, which maybe it wasn't his intention, but you, you could actually draw from that the the person who whoever wields the subtle knife has to uh, extend their mind out to the tip of the knife. Which incidentally, if you were to read uh, what's his name, uh, Mikaharik, if you look at his uh, uh, descriptions of uh, um, you know how to you do magic basically he, he he's saying the same thing like you're extending your mind out to the tip of something and then using that as if it's a blade or i think he he calls it a tentacle but um yeah the, the knife was originally meant or originally uh created in order to explore um but then it ended up you know people got greedy and just opened up holes everywhere took what they could from other worlds and brought it back which you know they're in a tower it's the um the tower of angels i can't remember what it was uh it's an italian name in the book but um which is is very much kind of kind of that renaissance magician uh idea yeah. where uh you have all of these people just going out seeking all of this knowledge and um, but kind of messing things up a whole lot as they're going, you know, I mean, you know, John D technically counts as a Renaissance magician, I think. And, uh, and God, he fucked us up. You know, we have the British empire because of John D, uh, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> there's kind of that. Um, and, and I, I, you know, it is supposed to be a, a creative thing, but, and, and, and with the knife too, I think, you know, it can cut it can cut everything with one side of the blade and then it can cut through worlds with the other side of the blade. Um, and it's also called the, was it? Esaheter, the God killer. But again, mm -hmm. it, they ended up not actually needing it to kill the God. The God just kind of was already there, like dead in a box. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's the fact that it's a tool and it's the intent of the, 
user of the tool that makes it turns it into you where you get the flip side of like either it it could be an exploratory expansive thing or it's just another way to exploit and it's really about how what the user the tool mm, mm. I, I have yeah i have something really fun to think about here um so so scientists in that world are called experimental theologians um and that that draws from the fact that really all of the early uh scientists were theologians as well or were in some way involved with a cult but you know through the christian perspective like isaac newton's uh you know treatise on angels you know like the, the same people who were coming up with these things that later created the world that we are stuck in now um were you know they were scientists but they were also magicians um and so with this idea of experimental theology being um okay well uh, we believe this but let's see what happens you know if this happens how do we change the belief to make this like how do we use what we know of god and if you if you take away god from like the singular idea to like this kind of divine power um which i guess would fit more like you know within a humanist perspective uh like philip pullman's then the the knife the subtle knife being from a different world but having kind of a you know from the same sort of people who would have been the magisterium in in lyra's world um you know that would fit very well with with the idea of uh, you know magical tech in general um being uh, being powerful and being liberating and yet it never seems to liberate us like it never again going back to john d with the, the his whole uh, um seeing the british empire and, and telling queen elizabeth this is what you need to do and there we go now we've we've got climate change now, um when it comes to that are you are you aware of, of evidence that he actually did inform the queen? Because I've heard both things so many times, like, but I've also heard that there actually isn't any evidence. And then it's just this strange myth that's kind of. Formed. No, there's, there is uh, one book. It's uh, he, the, the book, it's the fourth of a series of books that are all collected together. That's like uh, something on the, of the fabulous uh mysteries or, or something and it the, the first couple of books are all um nautical directions this is how you you know use ships to explore whatever those um, these practical sort of things that were um, yeah and, and and there's a super frustrating thing you you cannot actually find this text online which is fucking irritating the reason for it though was that it was only released to the British Museum in 1972 or 1976. So, whoever been holding on to it for you know several hundred years, probably the Crown, um, had not released it into the public. That was the last remaining copy, and only extremely recently, I think it was 2018, was a. Um, a translation of the Latin, you know, you can always go into the museum and, and, and look at it, but you can't look at all of the pages. And if you don't know Latin, then it's not going to help you anyway. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I did finally find somebody had published it based off of the, the manuscript that's sitting in the British Museum, but I have not been able to get a copy yet, which is obnoxious because I can find I can find anything by Baudin or Agrippa or any of these others who are writing at the exact same time, but the John Dee manuscript, which all of these people, these like historians and uh, political theorists now have cited, like it is almost impossible to get a hold of that. That feels a little like what you know, John Deep maybe would have wanted, I don't know. Interesting. So I kind of want to get into this with you now that we're talking about it. Do you blame the angels that he was talking to? Do you think that they had the motivation of spreading the British Empire? Do you think that, like, where do you land on this? I'm someone that- Ah, ah yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. For a long time, but I didn't always trust them. I'm still not entirely certain that I do. But my opinion on them has changed a lot over the t- over the time that I've been working with them to kind of arrive at a more like generally animist perspective of not ascribing any kind of agenda to anything and just looking at it like they just kind of exist and they're sort of part of the universe. But that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. OK. And there's some places I want to go with this as far as escalation and things, too. So I'm curious to get your take. OK, so first off. Um, I, I have trouble when people describe me as an occultist because I, I didn't come at this from occultism, but instead from polytheism. I was heavily involved in the poly, polytheist, uh, devotional polytheism within the United States. Um, I kind of inadvertently destroyed that movement, actually, um, sadly. Maybe it needed to be destroyed. I don't know. But um, you subtle knife it. I, I, I mean, some people sort of subtle knife themselves, but I, I also kind of did it too. Anyway, that, that, that deserves a big apology some other time. I, 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 um, but okay. So my experience with gods reflected or seemed very parallel with a lot of the experiences people were talking about with spirits or angels or what have you. Uh, with the exception that, um, you know, I was seeing something different. Was it the same facet or was it a different facet of the same thing? I don't think so. But there was something that I I came to and and a few others came to the same realization right about the same time. Uh, This would have been about five or six years ago. Uh, No, I guess it would have been eight years ago now. Not not all gods, uh, sorry, how do I put this? There are gods who do not care how we end, only that we do. Like, they're not, there are gods that are not good. There are angels that are fucking not good. There are things that, there are really deep, really powerful things that really don't want us around. Um, And that's fair, actually, because we fuck things up. Um, and then there are other ones who are really happy to see us do really well, but only to see us do really well in certain ways that can benefit them. Um, and I think that's what we're suffering under right now. A, uh, there are a lot of really helpful angels, spirits, gods, what have you. Um, but they're helpful if you're someone like Elon Musk. You know, uh, they're very helpful if you want to learn how to do nuclear fusion. Um, They're incredibly helpful like that, but they tend not to be really helpful if you like forests. And they also tend to not really like the forest, you know, like it's just like 
there are human factions everywhere. Um, why we pretend or forget that there are also spirit factions, you know, like it's, it's not the new age thing where they're all just love and light and they're out for our good or they ignore us. It's actually like, yeah, some of them are really out for what a kind of good that is not really good for some of us, you know? Um, I, yeah, I, I do blame the angels that John D talked to, um, if indeed they were angels or, you know, I think they probably were. Um, but I, and this is, I, I think this is what happened when, when the Christians decided, cause you know, they started using the word demon. Of course, at that time, uh, the only ones who were using this, this word or the people who were using this word that they were taking it from were the Greeks and the Greeks had distinctions. Um, there were eudaimons, um, those are the good ones. Those are the ones that you, they're really helpful and that you should definitely talk to. And then there are the, the cacodemons. Um, those are really awful things that you should not have around. Like when a Catholic does an exorcism, a Catholic priest does an exorcism of somebody, quite often what they're actually exercising is a cacodemon. They might accidentally get a eudemon at the same time. Um, I actually recently wrote about an experience, which I believe was like that, where I had um, been exorcised uh, when I was in a Baptist church um, from multiple cacodemons and almost one eudemon, you know, um, they, you know, angels in the, you know, if you look at Enoch, you know, I'm pretty sure in Enoch, they don't, there's, there's no distinction between the angels. Like there's the, I mean, they're all the watchers you know, and some of the watchers are bad, you know, um, and also the ones who are trying to teach humans, some of those things are extremely bad, um, but they're super, you know, they're really helpful, like, and all of our technology is extremely helpful, but where is that leading us? You know, if we're being instructed by these ancient powers or whatever, whatever exactly they are, um, and I think all of our names will always fall short for whatever we identify them as um, some of those things are not things we need to know how to do. You know, like I, I, you know, somebody, I, there are plenty of spirits that around that would teach me how to kill somebody, but I don't want to, I don't want to know how to kill somebody. And I don't think that's something that I should ever explore. And it kind of really bothers me that there are other people who, you know, wouldn't be, it doesn't bother me, but What's a better way of putting it? it? It's a painful reality that there's plenty of people who would see those knowledges and say, okay, I want to learn that, you know, and not understand the implications of, of knowledge, you know? I, I guess a lot of the time that's happening these days. It's people being into uh, grimoires, which are, you know, a mystery percentage of just old pagan gods and old spirits, pre-Christian spirits that got there. It's like, oh, well, you don't really fit in the canon and you you refuse to become Mary or <laughs> or a saint. So, um, <clears throat> you know, you didn't adopt the new skin. So we're going to put you in the grimoire now, including including mm -hmm. like the darker side of the uh, the like universal mother for a lot of the, the West. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. I, it's It's good to hear your take on this because I don't know. So looking into the evidence, I, I, I want to mention for the sake of et etymology and because I know my wife, wife would yell at me because she's a theologian and a priest. If I didn't say that the, um, the actual original text does differentiate between angels and- In Enoch. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The others are the Bene Elohim, and they are the sons of God, which they actually don't really even refer to a God so much in Enoch. They refer to the sons of God as a group of spirits that, mm -hmm. um, and then there is the God, right? But, but they seem more other, like they, they're the sons of God, but they're not angels. Angels are subservient unto God. The sons of God have free will. Um, and the interesting thing there is, is like, um, in Enoch, the, the angels actually go to God to petition God because the screams of the ghosts of the human dead have become so loud. So mm -hmm. we have this like a haunted world where the angels go petition God, like, let us intercede on their behalf. This is too much. Mm -hmm. um, my experience with angels is mostly using them or working with them in necromancy and with elevating the dead. Um but I also have a lot of experiences with them with healing of the heart and a lot of things that have absolutely nothing to do with tech or mm -hmm. empire. And I find them most accessible in the wilderness. Um, so something that it's, it's, it's good to hear how you feel about it. It makes me wonder if there aren't entire sets of spirits that people go like, yeah, this is an angel, but it's just not, you know, um, I, I was, I was in a, I was in a very powerful ritual in California run by uh, this group called the Koro Katabadwa. Um, they were a devotional polytheist group who was um, devoted to Katabadwa or actually specifically to the Morrigan. And they had kind of conflated Katabadwa with the Morrigan who um, is Irish. Uh, and, and in this ritual, uh, I guess there were probably like 80, 90 people in that maybe yeah, I think it was it was about that much. They were they were granting they were they, they called on her and then they were granting um, a warrior mark on the people and it was like hey this will help you with sovereignty and, and you know especially for women who have trouble like you know standing up to men like you know this is a good like you know think of it as the me too mark or whatever. Um, great idea, absolutely great idea. And I was I was I really liked these people. I was I was quite good friends with them. But in the middle of the ritual, I was like this isn't who they said it is. <laughs> and I think they know that this isn't who they said it is. And they are not telling anybody and they are marking people. What the fuck? Oh. And I was, I was fucking furious. Um, and, and later on some really crazy things. There's this, there's this guy, this devotional polytheist uh, who is pretty much like the American Rasputin for paganism. Um <laughs> He just, he is, I mean, he kind of fucking looks like Rasputin too. I won't say his name. I, I don't want to draw his attention anywhere. But uh, at some point at a later ritual, he was supposed to do a goat sacrifice. They were doing animal sacrifices, uh, which is, you know, uh, we, we could talk about that a different time, but I won't, I won't lead a judgment. But if you're going to do an animal sacrifice, you better fucking know how to fucking kill the animal. Uh, the, the goat that he was attempting to sacrifice after he, he cut into its throat, it bolted spewing blood all over everybody. Um, I mean, and I'm laughing, but actually from everyone that I heard who were, who were there, it was a terrifying experience with this animal screaming after this guy had like absolutely assured everybody that I know what I'm doing. And then there was questions like, well, did the God accept the sacrifice, did, you know, whatever. And it's just like, well, something accepted that. 
Um, yeah. But you kids, even though you're even older than I am and are supposedly quite like, you know, well-versed in this, are playing around with something that is not what you think it is or it is not what you are telling people it is and you need to stop. Um, fortunately, that group has collapsed under its own weight and own contradictions, which is fine. But even now talking about it, I get these really awful feelings. And it's like, yeah. mm. now, of course, if a, a Christian listening to this would be like, oh, there's a demon. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's too simple. Yeah. You know? And like, I, I, I've met demons. They're really awful. This was not a demon. This was something much, much, much bigger. Um, and, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I guess I don't want to... <sighs> it's really hard because like, you know, for the most part, like on one side, we have like everyone denying that anything is even happening, that there's anything, you know, <laughs> like those of us who are, who are like, yeah, no, there's a lot going on are facing down this like mass staring contest of people who are like, Oh, Oh, tell me about your imaginary friends again. Like, <laughs> are you talking to yourself? Okay. You know, so on one side, we're thought of as crazy. And then, then you have this like smaller group who are just really happy to summon whatever the fuck they want um, in the name of love and light and, you know, whoever, um, because it, they read a Llewellyn book and it, it looked good, you know? And, and so trying to tell those people, hey, you need to be a little bit more cautious um, and maybe actually, you know, I mean, I think it was Paul who was like, oh yeah, test the spirit. I think he said test the spirits, which is really interesting mm -hmm. because even then there was this sense that, oh yeah, you know, there's plenty of spirits going around and some of them are helpful. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, standing on one side where it sounds like you're saying, hey guys, this is bad. It's like, oh, you're trying to impose morality on something. Like you're just like the Christians. It's like, oh no, I'm nothing like them. Um, and I'm nothing like the atheists either. I think actually what, would, what we need to do is take these things much more seriously and say, oh yeah, no, there are some people really fucking themselves up really badly. And there are some things who really, really, really want us dead. Um, you know, whether or not they have right to want us dead is another question, but we can't always judge that. Um, and, and, and actually, I mean, all of this is, is kind of the, Going back to Philip Pullman, because you you were just talking about the, you know, the the angels with that, like in his world, there are plenty of angels who are on the side of the rebels, and there are plenty of angels who are on the side of Metatron. Mm -hmm. Metatron himself is an angel, although he was a human before. Um, and in that too, there's the, you know, the war against them is being led by some extremely awful people. Azrael is an absolutely horrific human being. Uh, he killed Lyra's best friend in order to have enough energy to open up a world when he could easily have just, you know, found another way. Um, and that's not really addressed all throughout that. Um, and you do get to see that child later on, which brings also to that point in Enoch, uh, where you were mentioning with the, uh, with the spirits of the the dead humans like screaming trapped and the angel saying hey can we do something about this um in uh, in the last of the books there's the you know the land of the dead that is is being kind of guarded over by harpies who um are doing the only thing they know how to do which is just to torment the dead uh and then later on when lyra shows up she uh, reminds people 
of their stories. The harpies listening to it decide, oh, actually, I want to hear these stories too. And decide to let the dead pass through the land of the dead um, into not non-existence, but basically they become dust again. Like they become the very essence of, uh, I don't want to use the word creation, but you know, they become the essence, well, it's, uh, the, 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 the very creative essence that is constantly throughout the world that is, or, or in all of the worlds, the very essence that angels are, are made of. They are you know, beings of pure dust. And human lives, when they're done, when they've passed their stories on, they then get to return to that, you know, the ocean of creation to be part of creation again. That's, again, very, very, very pagan, very animist. Absolutely not atheist, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we've discovered a lot on this show is um, most of the time when an atheist writes a uh, fantasy story, when when an atheist opens up to the imaginal, something decidedly not atheist will come through. Something comes out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things like to jump us a lot, you know, like, yeah. and that's cool. Like yeah, it's, that. it's nice when it's those when it's that way when it's the the um the spiritual story coming through the atheist and not like you're trying to go through your day being a spiritual person and the archon jumps on you and makes you feel separate, right? Because <laughs> there's both, right. both sort of jumpings that go on. Um, but uh, yeah, the I I felt really weird uh, at the end. <laughs> this is just kind of a side thing, but like they left that gateway open, the only one they could leave open um, so that they could keep harrowing hell, right? Uh, mm -hmm. essentially they could keep letting souls out of purgatory but like i'm just like why didn't any of these angels tell them they can just pray for them <laughs> oh right because an atheist wrote it i guess but um, <laughs> like, it's just it's tragic that they spent the rest of their lives not together to leave that one door open when all they had to do was pray <laughs> or accepted jesus in their heart you know <laughs> oh no yeah well, so I, there's there's kind of a fun thing on that too, like the idea of the control of the dead. Um, you know, I, I've been trying to, in the back of my head, I, it's kind of a not a priority. It's like a secondary thing that I'm always looking for, like the the idea that the creation of hell. Um, you know, the, the the hell that they're in is is something like Hades, but it's also a lot like Sheol. Like it's it's very much like the the Hebrew idea of this of the the grave. Um, but the what to do with the dead, where the dead go, like you know, within within polytheist frameworks, it's like oh, well, the dead go in different places. Uh, and it's not heaven or hell. Like, you know, you, know you, you go different places. And then sometimes you don't like go anywhere off of, you know, the even the land that you were there. You just become the land itself. It, it all depends. Like there's 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 millions of different uh, options as it were that are kind of predetermined from your life. It, it's, it's a lot like, you know, uh, the idea of, no, it's, it's actually nothing like that. Never mind. But um, with the, uh, in, in the um, there was Charlemagne. Uh, Charlemagne was the first one to pass a law completely outlawing the burning of bodies. 
um, after the fall of the Roman Empire. And that's one of the reasons why continental Europe has been for a very long time resistant to cremation, especially the Catholic Church. Um, that's the legacy of Charlemagne. Uh, and the problem was people, pagans, were still burning their bodies. And the reason why they were burning their bodies was to actually speed the trans transition from, from this current life to the next one. Like, you know, you uh, this kind of hygiene of the dead, like what you do with the dead afterwards is very important. African animism, like you, you see very often there's like some of the rituals, you, you, you turn all of the mirrors around in the house so that, no, so that the dead cannot see themselves, so that they don't realize that they're dead. Um, or I'm sorry, so that they don't still think they're alive. And then you take them out of the house and, and help them pass on. Um, you know, for the pagans, there was this, this idea, like you burn them so that they get rid of their attachment to their former body um, so that they can then pass on, you know, further. But within all three monotheisms, uh, all three major monotheisms, you, you see this, no, you keep the body completely intact because there's going to be a exact one-to-one -one physical resurrection of that body at some point. Uh, within the, within his dark materials, the, the kind of, uh, the hell that everyone's going to was one that was created. It was, it was created by the authority in order to put the humans there, in order to have something to do with them, you know, like what what else would they do? Well, they would just go back into there or into the the universe. They would just get, or into the cosmos. They they would just create again, or be created again, or co-create again. But instead, you kind of hold them in one place uh, in order to kind of have control of them, and that's very much like the monotheists keeping the bodies intact, not letting them move on into to something else that really uh, strikes a, a parallel to electricity in a way because like if you think about what electricity is like it's all, mm -hmm. it's all power and it's all flowing around but like if you didn't want it around what would you i mean obviously you can just make more maybe it's a bad metaphor but like try the idea of trapping it like in a in a fixed state like they're mm -hmm. like we don't want more dust recycling so we're just going to find this little holding cell to kind of get it stuck in like a, a cancer. Right. Right. And then like lithium, which is this, this, this metal that, that occurs naturally in many holy sacred fountains that people would drink out of when they were having mental disturbances, you would make pilgrimages even before Christianity to go to these fountains in order to drink the water. They didn't know it was, was lithium, but they knew that there was this, this metallic taste to the water that would, make them feel better would would get them over any really deep profound internal feelings that they were having uh, or disturbances now we're using this exact same metal to trap energy um you know like i mean in a way like lithium is like a it's a mind metal you know and now our entire i mean every device that anybody gets now like has electricity trapped within lithium um I mean, you know, there you go. There's the, there's the intercision like process again, that, that blade falling down on us. Right. Like we're, yeah. Oof. Oof. Sorry. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, something to go back for a second. This actually makes me think of a couple different things. Um, uh, you know, part of what you're talking about where people don't like these people that are going back, they're like, they're reviving these pagan traditions, but they almost, they don't know what the hell it is they're talking about or what spirit it is they're talking about. That's also this other knock-on effect from 
uh, the materialist empire is that once you do return to like, oh yeah, no, this is wrong, but you're, you've been, you've broken the education or the continuation that has kept people aware of how to engage Mm-hmm. this larger spirit world so that when we you return to it it's like you have to learn all the very hard lessons or you can be taken advantage of whereas maybe in the right. past not it's, so much so there's this there's this this management trick uh and, and it happens primarily to minority people in the united states that's when i first learned about it mm. what will happen is this you'll uh, particularly a woman or a black person or, or a black woman specifically uh, who will say, Hey, you know, I would like to advance in this company. Like, why do I have to do the, these shit jobs? I'm intelligent. I've got all of this education. Please give me a chance, you know? And then she'll kind of agitate for that for a while. And then the manager out of nowhere will suddenly say, okay, it's yours. And so that person is not in that position, but that person gets absolutely no training and mm-hmm. is kind of set up to fail. And what will happen then is, is this moment of panic where, you know, that person who has no idea how to do the job because she is not getting the exact same training that anybody else would have gotten, uh, is suddenly put in the position, doesn't know what to do. Everything kind of falls apart and everyone can say, see, I told you, you know, mm-hmm. and so it kind of keeps the, the cycle going of, you know, well, no, you can't have positions like this or you can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what we're in, I'm not going to say it's a management thing, but I think what we're in right now is, yeah, you can have your spirits back, but we're going to make sure that you don't know what to do with them. Hmm. And like, oh, look, you went crazy. You know, like, I mean, things like this. It is all demons and and devils and yeah. Yeah. I mean, like things like the satanic panic are absolutely overblown, but there was, there are actually incidences where people are like, Oh, I'm going to talk to these things. And then suddenly like, Oh, I just sacrificed my kid. Mm. You know, it's rare, but it does happen, but that's enough to scare everyone the fuck away from that stuff and make them say, Oh no, no, I materialism's cool. Or Christianity is cool. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to deal with those things. Um, and, and I think that's generally the situation people are in right now. You know, with the, you know, even, you know, if you look at like most occultists, like they're very few of them are really nice to each other right now because everyone's still kind of stuck in that like weird jockeying thing where no, you know, a very tiny market. So I need to get, be the only person who can write a book about this. I, I need to be the top then, of the molehill that is. <laughs> right, right. You know, I want to be the biggest fish in this puddle. Um, <laughs> and, and so there's absolutely no, no framework really being built to help anybody else who starts falling into or stumbling into these things uh, willingly or unwillingly too. Like you can have initiations that you did not want and didn't even know you were having Uh, that actually happened to me. Um, But there's, there's no one kind of there to kind of watch out instead. It's just the, okay, all of the big guys are fighting each other and no, you're wrong and you're wrong. And then, so these other people just, you know, at best, uh, get into it a little bit and then get scared and go away or more, you know, on, on the worst side, like they get into it and they get really fucked up and they cause damage that then harms everybody. Hmm. So I, I mean, but I, again, I'm, I'm primarily talking about my experience in the American 
milieu, as it were, American paganism, American witchcraft, American occultism, all of that, you know, and, and all you really need to know about it is the American part. Like, <laughs> it's not a very friendly environment to try and set up any kind of protocols for people, right? Like when, when everyone's yelling at each other and telling each other they're wrong constantly, and it seems honestly more about identity and politics for most people than it does about actual magic or spirits, then, um, you know, it, it feels like most of the time you're actually still just in a materialist group that also believes spirits are real, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or or is really good at role playing spirits as being real. Sure. Um, you know, because they really they read young once and or what have you. Or, or, be, you or know, because it's all psychological secretly. Like that, yeah, that's it, another right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 or not to shit on Wicca, but uh, I shit on Wicca a lot. But we have before. um but you know, there's the all of the gods are one god, all of the goddesses are one goddess, you know? And it's like, oh, oh, when you squish gods and goddesses into one container, it's not gonna work very well for you. They're not very um, it's it's a great like introductory thing for people to kind of figure out the wheel of the year and all of that, you know, that's great. <laughs> but but when you when you then start insisting on that's how it is, then I mean, I mean to be fair, it's kind of harmless, you know. Well, no, it's not. Because now I'm now I'm remembering like you have those weird books that came out in the seventies like there's uh, what, what, what the name of Frosts I think they were uh, who wrote like an initiation ritual um, from father to daughter and mother to to son um, right at the time that the child hits puberty um, and it was a sexual initiation so uh -huh. it's so I do not mean at all that it's not harmless there's plenty of harm that can come out of this this framework um you know i i, I don't i don't think you can fix that in america the, the same problem happening in like the american left is what happens in american paganism which is what happens in american everything where everyone's constantly fighting on factions of no i'm right because i read this one person and i'm one of these people and you are oppressive even though you believe almost identically the same thing as i do except for one minor point mm -hmm. so i'm going to call you a fascist or what just because you know? politics yeah that just becomes politics <laughs> yeah particularly american yes right yeah and i think the, the main problem with like believing all the gods are one god and all the goddesses are one goddess is that like eventually one of them's going to show up and it's <laughs> not going to be all of them at one time it's going to be one of them and like you need to be able to be like what are these de determining characteristics and what why do i have business with this one do i have business with this one you know like all those questions that need to be asked if you don't have the framework that there are more spirits than you could count if you started from the time of birth till the time of death like out there yeah. you know yeah. <clears throat> like that it's Imagine being in the Amazon and the amount of life that teams from it. That's mm -hmm. the spirit world. Like, <laughs> well, and I don't want to eat you, but and what we see now in in the mainstream offerings of like witchcraft and occult is is people saying, "Go out into the rainforest and and just pick the first leaf that you you see and eat it." <laughs> you know, like it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all teeming with life it's all nature really. dare you to do that. Don't, no i don't really i don't really everything in the rainforest loves you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> oh sigh 
the the whole blade thing the blade talk earlier got me thinking about um my death metaphysics has been incredibly enriched by thai occultism and 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 thai magic um and buddhism in general uh, specifically that region <clears throat> because they use human body parts and amulets a lot i don't know if you're familiar with it but they they call it pry so anyone who dies before their time suddenly supernaturally struck by lightning hit by a car those are all pride deaths like they're intense trauma that's lodged in the body so what they will do is then offer merit like good deeds done in their name they offer merit um, which helps in their next life and their reincarnation so and, and in my experience what's really strange i know catholicism has the concept of merit already but i've been using it with all kinds of spirits just experimenting and it seems to be a very universal tech one that can also be employed in like um in ritual to like i did this good deed earlier today i'm going to go into my ritual ask these spirits to empower this thing and as they're empowering it offer them the merit um I so see. there's really interesting I just, sorry i want to interrupt you because you just your your point just 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 brought me into something else like something that i never thought about until right now this actually, it does happen in Catholicism and it's been happening in a way that I never actually thought it was happening. Not like there's a sense that all of the saints are assimilated or, or uh, syncretic gods, but also the saints are very often humans as well. Yes. And I think actually in a way, some of those things are, are happening. Like I've, I, I've seen lots of saints relics. I've touched lots of saint relics. Um, sometimes that was a really bad idea. Um, and oftentimes there's a sense though that like, wait a minute. Okay. So you're a human, but they're saying that you're a saint. So what, what actually happened in your death mm. that they then decided, Oh, sorry about that. Well, how about I get all of these people to come and pray at you, you know? Mm. So anyway, I'm sorry. I, that was an interruption, but it just occurred to me that, you know, I, I forgot about that aspect of it. That's really interesting. Um, well, my, my experience of the dead is that it's it's just sort of this spectrum of low to high. And they may... <laughs> Did it die? Sorry. Did it die? No. Okay. no. <laughs> um, okay. So, like, I, I, in my experience, there's just this spectrum of, like, low to high, of mm -hmm. sort of vib vibratory or, like, the amount of trauma or static that's involved. Mm -hmm. in, in this very almost... It's, it's almost too simple when you're in ritual, when you're in ceremony and you're in it and offering like a good deed in their name, like it literally elevates them. It's like they go from this spectrum of being denser to being lighter. Mm. Um, but they're also, so they, they will use the body parts, which are charged, but they'll elevate the spirit enough that it is willing to work with them and recognizes that they're giving them merit and offerings and food and water and things. Mm -hmm. um, and then they will use that those body parts in amulets to help others so then they get sold and spread out throughout the world and then they're getting all of this merit for all this work they're doing like it's just fascinating to me but it's given so much texture to my death metaphysics and when i think about like <laughs> I, when i then i get into okay so if elites really do believe in spirits and do recognize the power of a pride death of a traumatic death like then they're sort of like the the Azrael sacrificing the child moment, right? Like like that's that, opening that, a giant portal. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, see, I I typically envision the people in charge um, 
finding just just the same way they are with with act with like materialist tech they would be with spirit tech it would be like whatever the fuck gets results and if it stops getting results or if we find something better we'll use that instead um i don't remember how i thought of this in the first place so i cannot tie it back around to our conversation but (laughs) (laughs) all right no this this is it'd probably be a great thing to end on as well um so I, I, the process you're talking about within within a Thai cosmology is is very similar to um, actually uh, this this was a syncretic thing between African and Old Breton and Old Welsh uh, religious practices. So in in Britannia, which most of the Bretons were Welsh, um, the very first person who dies within a graveyard becomes the Anku. Mm. Um, Within uh, Valdun or Voodoo, uh, you you have the Gede, uh, and each Gede is the first person in the village who died of something. So, for instance, the first woman who dies in childbirth, or the first suicide, uh, or the first infant death, or what have you. Uh, each of them gets, um, you know, they it doesn't get i mean it's it's an automatic sort of thing but they get recognized as the 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 gede of this village of this um and they have certain roles within the village uh that constantly increase the more that people um uh recognize them but also you know they have their own desires and their own plans as well they're not they're not just servants of the humans they're it's a co-creation sort of thing you see that i think in a lot of different variant traditions where um you know the the dead are elevated in some way or another partially out of the idea or we tend to treat this as an idea of hygiene um you know uh the reason why uh the dead are buried within a graveyard uh, a church graveyard is not just to elevate those those humans but also to keep them out of the village you know there there's a wall around the graveyard for the reason it's not just it's actually got its own, is... in danish it's got its own word for the wall around the graveyard it means like a barrier between the dead and the living okay yeah 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 you know so uh, we've always we've always had the sense of like needing to separate them um and and of course we've lost that for the most part and instead attempt to separate like the you know the spiritual existence as it were or, or whatever or, or spirits in general from it's not even just just separate it from our normal life but actually make it false or pretend as if it is false so that it cannot invade what what is actually happening you know it, it cannot invade our normal lives because when it does invade it's it's always pretty uh pretty disruptive um and yeah, I, I think it, it, Pullman doesn't really develop everything that the the power of separating the spirit from the the human is capable of. But it's it's pretty clear it's it's made out, you know, to be the equivalent of nuclear fission. Like it can you can use this. You are you are breaking some immortal like impossible to break natural law and the power that is released from doing this, this, this break, um, you know, can be used to change the world, um, change the world for the worse in, in all of the cases that you know, occur there. 
Um, I, I actually one minor thing that I wanted, I thought I'd maybe talk about at the very beginning, but if you've, if you've read the book, it's, it's much more obvious, but even in the, um, even the, the television adaptation, it's, it's really good. Um, you know, it's, he, it's very steampunk, but steampunk, not in the, the coal sort of idea, but instead like the, what would have happened if we slightly recognized more concretely what these things are. So they, like the word they use for chocolate, it's chocolate, which is the, the, um, uh, it's the, the South American indigenous name. I do not remember which language it specifically comes from. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I worked on like some other examples, like, uh, um, what else do we have here? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Electricity itself is amberic energy, you know, uh, coming from amber. Uh, they use that all of the time. Um, like uh, artificial, um, like nylon and polyester are coal silk. Huh. Um, I love you know, that. Because it's, that's, and, uh, that's actually beautiful. I, it makes me like plastic more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that I think one of the reasons why I was so enchanted by that book the first time I read it, because there was that it helped re-enchant the technology we have to agree to it. And, and you didn't have to say, oh, there are spirits and there are magic um, and there's magic like creating these things, but whoa, this is really crazy. We are making silk out of this black coal. Like it's coal silk, you know, um, electricity, like it's amberic. These are amberic lights because that, that it was the basic principle, how we figured out electricity was through amber, you know, like all, all of these things, like, uh, what is the other one? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, a subway station is a cathonic railway st station, and a subway is a cathonic oh, railway. I love that. I didn't even catch. Oh, you know, that. That's and it's it's like it's so simple that he does it, but but it you know it's it, it's it's a brilliant trick because he's talking about all of these modern things, but he's using all of these slightly different words like alternative history or alternative future words. You know, what would have happened if we just talked about these this way? Well, the truth you know? is all already enchanted it's like there is no re-enchanting the world there's reconnecting to the enchantment um yeah and, and like uh yeah i just love that it's yeah I lost my train of thought but i, I that's okay the um the <clears throat> yep nope lost it it's all good. It's, like, it's all good. Usually, if I bluff, it'll just like come back. <laughs> it's, it's all okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I need to leave this here. Um, oh, that's what it's, it's, real quick. That everything, oh, yeah. everything is already enchanted, and all you really have to do is just describe to yourself where it came from. That's the simple oh, trick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I teach that in my course that that like when you sit down to bless a meal, like and you need to do that, like even if it's just a second. You just trace every single ingredient back to its source and think the source of it. Like it's just ah. really quick, like the sugars and even the 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 uh, preservatives and all these things. Like find it, just follow it back real quick. But like well, and yeah. that's a that's a great cure for alienation because you know we forget. Like yeah, where you know wait a minute this this came from dirt. Like <laughs> wow, and then wow, this thing this thing fucking grew in dirt. And, and then, then like someone, dirt. yeah, and then someone <laughs> picked it, 
someone yeah. picked it and then they like cleaned it and then they sent it to someone else and, and now i'm eating it like wow you know, know like, like dirt, dirt is like the 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 crushed crystals that hold the memory of everything that's ever happened on that land right right <laughs> it's, it's it's the dead it's the dead. Yeah. Like, like the dirt is literally the dead and and we 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 grow life in it that's actually the only way life can grow is in the dead yeah it's it's kind of beautiful she says a lot for working with your elevated ancestors and uh saints of various sorts not just christian but aye aye but I deeply enjoyed this conversation. Sorry to have to cut it short, but no, um, it's fine. This has been fantastic. It's it's been so good to have you. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I uh, and I hope. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just hope. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you ever want to come back on and discuss anything else, yeah, anything- okay, for sure. Anything you get like a, a, a rock in your boot about and you just want to go off like that's that's the the thesis of the show is like people that do other things, but they have like this thing they really want to talk about. So that sounds fun. Send us a message. Okay. Cool. I'll probably take you up on that. So, OK. okay. <laughs> All right. Have a good right. <laughs> you guys have a great day or night or wherever you are. Yeah. You have, <laughs> you have an excellent evening. <laughs> OK. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to feel okay until I mention that the bears didn't have posable thumbs. Uh, I was upset that everything else in this fictional world made sense within itself, um, except for the fact that somehow these bears were masters of armor. Um, Now... I'm cool with it. I would have been cool with it if they'd given them hands. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why they didn't give them hands. And uh, and uh, it's this is really funny because because Brian pointed this out and I had just gone with it. I had not thought about this for one second. And then, and then there is Brian has this amazing, brilliant, like let's face it, autistic spaz moment of like realization of like, hey, how the fuck are these bears doing this? It ate me for the entire first season. <laughs> and um, then the and then the fact that this in the third season. Or is it the second or third season? I think it's the third season. He is, they go, there is a moment where the subtle knife breaks and they're, they take it to the bear to reforge and they totally cop the fuck out because when the f- actual forging of the blade, it's all done in close ups. So, so because they knew, they you knew, just, like, there's no way we could do this. Just not make it like stupid. Like, it's just now we just see a hammer striking steel. <laughs> like, they, they, I think I feel like what happened was they got to that point in filming and then they went, Oh fuck, we didn't think about the bears not having hands. <laughs> and then they had to come up with something real quick. And it and it did look really bad. Like we we just we just talked to to read like for an hour and a half about the very high level, high, high, highbrow intelligence. Yeah, like the more, the more important, frankly. <laughs> to talk about is Beargate, of course. But I couldn't let Beargate go. And <laughs> Thumbgate? I don't know what he was. <laughs> and uh, I, I've been drinking. So, like, 
I just had to get the lowbrow stuff off my chest. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't even think I'm going to post this. Like, I just have to feel like someone's hearing it right now. Because yeah. it got me so deeply that not only did they skip right over that whole aspect of like, like, okay, there are no straps on this armor, and that's cool. I'm fine with magic armor. But it's going to smell real bad after a while. Like, if you don't wash, it. The, these things in there, you need to take it off and you need hands to take it off. And, and the bears are so stubborn. That's the thing that's worked into their personality that they're, they're, they're so like, I'm proud. I'm a bear. <laughs> so what happens when you have to be like, no, this is my human servant who takes my armor off and washes my back. <laughs> I, I wanted to see that, like either that vulnerable moment or an, an excuse for why it didn't need to happen. Like, this is nothing to do with anything important, no spiritual <laughs> anything. It's just from the point of, like, crafting story that I'm, I'm bitching my ass off about this. And, and, and then, uh, and then uh, I, I was bitching about the, uh, the weirdly miscast Lin-Manuel Miranda as Lee Scoresby. And I, I was telling Brian how, how he totally comes across as a eighth grade drama student playing Han Solo. Uh, well, it's just, he doesn't make any sense as his character. He's, yeah. <laughs> and I, I attribute it to the fact that he, he is somehow a white liberal catnip due to his creation of, uh, of that horror show that is uh, Hamilton uh, that uh, uh, I refuse to listen to or watch because it's just such a weird 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 aspect of culture for that 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 seemingly mediocre thing mm. was so popular and so, yeah it's bizarre and the fact that people act there's a there's a hilarious clip that, and this is in relation to Lin-Manuel Miranda where uh he's uh there's a clip with John Oliver where Lin-Manuel Miranda, it just comes on a show. It's kind of like a surprise thing. And it's, and the way John Oliver acts, I is like the culmination of the response to Lin-Manuel. He just acts like this giddy 13 year old girl at, at a Beatles concert. It is the strangest thing. I do not understand the fascination with this guy. <laughs> it's really interesting what we've celebritized these days, <clears throat> isn't it? I think, I think something about like what we're talking about, before with Reed in our valuable conversation with the mm -hmm. the separation of that blade like the guillotine separates the soul the arconic yeah. um, or the demiurgic and what was I saying uh the fascination with celebrity yeah yeah like, so like when when we get the soul separated through through this constant trauma through our screens <clears throat> we end up forgetting what actually means good and why and I think that there's <clears throat> that is why we have, as we were we were talking with with Reed about like how weird it is like before we hit record about about how weird it is that there's like Twitch celebrities there there are people yeah. who play video games who have people <clears throat> watching them just hoping they're gonna like mention them and that's yeah that's the world we live in now like we we used to idolize Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Like, and now, what? <laughs> now it's like a guy whose Cheeto hands are grumming up, <laughs> up his, his fucking 
It's fucking controller. Like, well, it's, it's so funny because it, it kind of relates to something that I don't know if that got recorded about how I, we were we were kind of bitching about like, so I have this piece of equipment that I use in my illustration career that's called a Cintiq. It's this like monitor you can draw with and it's pretty old. And I'm uh, as I update my iMac, my main computer, I'm having to constantly daisy chain a connector because those are constantly going in and out of they're they're, con- they're constantly disappearing or they're changing them so so my machine is hooked through this like it, and it's interesting to me that twitch is this thing that that's famous for but it is it, you're watching someone do something virtual like it's not a, it's not like you're watching someone play basketball or you're watching someone do something really cool in real life. Like you're not watching them like be a really good marksman or something. You're watching them play a video game artifice of a real thing. So it's like this, it's, it's this daisy chain of reality. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's a like, daisy chain of experience. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like not a, you're, you're, you're not, a, you're not even playing the video game. You're watching another person play the video game. What I want to do is I want to watch someone, watch someone play a simulation of tennis. <laughs> yes. Because I am so tired of watching someone play a simulation. It's just so passe now. Everyone <laughs> is doing it. I want to get ahead of the curve. Actually, you know, fuck it. I want to watch someone, watch someone, watch someone <laughs> play a simulation of tennis. That's where it's at. If you're not doing that, you're not very cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, it's so absurd. Do we have to start a Patreon to release this? Is this our bonus content? I don't know. May, or maybe maybe you tack it on at the end, like our separate, like maybe it's just a bonus. Like, oh, this by is, the way. This is episode like 28.5. Uh, yeah 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 because we 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 you know reed is so intelligent and is so articulate in what he talks about we would never get to a lot of the stupider shit that we would that yeah us. <laughs> yeah it's, it's really funny it's like i'm i'm uh i just i wasn't prepared for everything being so highbrow like i'm not that familiar i'm not as familiar with him as you are um <clears throat> um but i his points were so good. It was like these things I wish I could have heard a week ago and then thought about so I could respond. Like, <laughs> yeah. how, you know, um, because I just don't, I don't work that well in the moments. My, my like bandwidth is like three seconds. It's like, I have, this, uh, I can think of an, I can, I can come up with something like amazing to reflect on this, but I will forget it in three seconds. So by the time uh, any normal human being comes to the end of a point, I have forgotten 50 points that I would have liked to have made that, that were all relevant. And so I end up like grasping for what was the thing that connected to that last little bit they said? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, after a couple years of crack binging, I guess you do what you can. <laughs> and well, and I also appreciate his, his capacity to like link and keep straight all of these, all of these things he's read and, and can hold them in context and, and and put them together. It's um my brain works that way occasionally, but I'm much more like intuitive and instinctive. And oh, this was this was a point that uh I'm not sure where this where this fits in exactly, but it was something I thought of in our discussion, which was uh which was about uh because there was a there's a point where I'm like, oh, the subtle knife is almost like the imagination 
mm. the use of the imaginary going to different worlds. And and there was this point about like, yes, it ends up being still exploited and corruptive, mm. but he doesn't use it that way because he's still innocent, right? Mm. He hadn't hit puberty. So there, there's this, um, yeah, so, I, I'm not sure like what that is. the mouths of babes sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's man, that's been heavy on my mind lately. The like innocence of the child's eye and mm-hmm. and the child's action and motivation and, and those sorts of things. Like how to, how to sort of embody and embrace and like hold that while still being like, someone who feels that their soul or their spirit is ancient and then mm-hmm. there's like cynicism is something that has become so deeply ingrained that it became something else like weird empathy <laughs> yeah <clears throat> you know that, that oh that's uh, yeah that's a really interesting idea that it, well i mean i guess the argument would be that 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 uh, original ancient soul is something more like what a child is anyway sure yeah yeah well, uh, yeah it's it's i guess it's only the arconic pylons of life that that turn you into it's it's like the the separateness the othering the the trauma the wounding the yeah the, the... A, you, you you kind of end up more distance from it but but that's that's the thing is it's like when you think about the way a, a child can like be in a social situation and they'll like accidentally call out the elephant in the room yeah they don't yeah. know it's an elephant and they'll just be like oh are you sad because he doesn't love you like you love him <laughs> you know and you're like yeah. no god damn it. <laughs> 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 i'm sorry and they give a hug. like <laughs> And you're like, actually, that's all true, but I didn't know it until you said it. <laughs> <You little shit. laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's also uh it's also really funny that um and it and it tracks, right? like the world that that she's in lyra is in is like this this kind of steampunk like stuck in this like it started it didn't develop the same way after a certain period um and that their main form of divination is this clockwork device that they 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 play with yeah Um, yeah it's really interesting like like you you've got machine worked into your divining yeah (laughs) But also, it's just a tarot deck. You more or less, yeah. And also, made me really want a tarot deck that just has animals on it because I get that shit. Mm. I really love that idea. Yeah, so like- makes it. Yeah. It, well, uh, and well, that's funny too because like she can do it intuitively as a child but once she becomes an adult that then becomes becomes this like you have to pour through all these records and 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 uh and written material to even figure out what the hell is going on (laughs) which which to be fair i feel like was like a a bit of an idealization on the author's part like you you don't have to lose that as some magic veil that like yeah way that's not how that works um 
yeah that there's a spirit of that sort of like wide-eyed innocence that one can tap into that is not dependent upon actual innocence which is mm-hmm. the thing that that's that's the main thing i've been trying to explore lately is this idea of like how do you how do you maintain that how do you how do you sit at the point of like just innocent goodwill and even though you can see the things the 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 like the signs in people that that tell you what their sort of identifications and psychological like um profilers or whatever like it's it's like how do you how do you sit with just not actually taking those things to heart letting them pass like a breeze and just being you know wide-eyed it is and yeah, which is i which is i think actually what the whole uh the whole idea of the of meditation and enlightenment is right is is like getting back to it's being so present to the moment uh and and so in the moment that you you don't have time for all the preconceived connections so you can see it second by second just as is and not judge it uh, it feels to me like that's that's sort of the goal um is that was that what they call meta or samadhi are they the same thing i don't i actually no, don't. No, meta is like a loving kindness towards towards okay. all <clears throat> uh, samadhi is that sort of ritual focus mode you go into where um so oh, where, so it's almost like samadhi produces meta y- yeah it almost inevitably does yeah because you're you're removed from those preconceptions you might experience them but they are just thoughts and reflections happening around you and you you're aware that they're not you and um yeah yeah that's uh it's really interesting the the whole childlike thing it really gets me Mm. I think the preconceptions are things that it's it's always the call it the efforts of the archon maybe mm. or the you know the efforts of the the guillotine trying to the guillotine trying to separate. Um, whatever you define that thing as, however it makes sense to you to like attach spirits to that idea of what wants to separate one from one's sort of spiritual self or their soul. Um, yeah, I forgot what was going on. <laughs> I might be drunk. We're not going to post this. <laughs> your, 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 your soul got detached from your from you <laughs> and, and that's why you forgot <laughs> yeah everyone wants to call that thing i think it comes from making one doubt one's own judgment or one's own experience mm. and that's an interesting thing to hold in mind when you go just about your day that what you experience from the center as real might be questioned by parts of you that are sort of like drifting around the center 
Mm. But that to be aware that the ones drifting around are like, they're in orbit around something bigger than themselves. Mm. That's why they're not at the center. And like, if you can be aware of like, I'm in the center, I'm just experiencing these feelings that are orbiting around me. Um, mm. Then it, it creates a lot less potential for the trauma that creates separation, right? But I think that that is like the main game that's going on. It's sort of trying to trick us into agreeing with that mm -hmm. feeling of separation because it can, it can happen to every, it happens it's inevitable that we have trauma but when it happens if you buy into like this trauma means that i was wrong about such and such or this trauma means that i need to reframe things that i am more separate rather than this trauma is trying to teach me something you know are are the instead of yeah, instead of producing pain or suffering, it's just producing more compassion, maybe. Right. Is, right. And that, I mean, that's that's like employing a personal sort of alchemy to do so. But but I think that's very possible. I think it's like actually pretty simple to do. <clears throat> Should you be mindful? You know, that's uh, kind of leaping to other things. Like the uh, the idea with the subtle knife and it, you know, you having to put your consciousness to the to the tip or the the edge edge of it to then that opens the portal that like splits the worlds open so that you can. Um, that's actually in uh, internal martial arts practice. Like you will do weapons practice, and it the, it becomes really about focusing on the very edge or the tip of the of the blade uh the it becomes this tool that i i've been told that like it refines your intent in such a specific way that it makes like my teacher said like it you can train without weapons for a long time but you won't there's not like a forward effect. Like you, if you train with the weapon, it like refines everything because there's there's a, a another step up of complexity and difficulty with it. Ah. That then that then tracks back to when you don't have the weapon. That is that is when you exit the world of like this is purely physiological, and you enter the world of this is holistic, and mm -hmm. your body and your mind are, in essence, one related. Yeah thing so like when you involve a weapon it doesn't make things easier it makes things more complicated Complicated. <clears throat> now you are having to operate with full consciousness and awareness not only your own body but to like extend that body, body. yeah yeah, yeah. and and work through a a quote-unquote quote dead tool like a, a just a piece of material or, or but it's um yeah and and that i mean it to me it's it's not unlike uh and why i th i think oil like painting particularly oil painting is probably one of the it's all it's the best but also the hardest medium um it is simultaneously very easy and very difficult at the same time because it's uh because of your tool the brush it's so um uh the transference of movement and intent is so it's so simple to do like it's very easy to like 
it will pick up anything like as your as your materials of a canvas gets higher and higher and the quality of the paint is better and better it's more reactive to the movements and the gestures you make with the paintbrush so you have to be much what what was that yeah yeah which means you have to be good at it <laughs> yeah you have to be yeah it requires and and it's so difficult that then it has a knock-on effect that if you're using like if you're just drawing with a pencil you have a there's a much you, you have so much more understanding of how to use that that tool because you're using because painting is so much more fucking harder much more difficult more complex than when you step back to something simpler like you you suddenly it opens up in a whole other way it strikes me as the difference between doing magic uh in the western sort of style of petitioning spirits to specifically do something for you that you articulate verbally right in this way and like you i would like you to help me out with this thing and i would like to give this to you versus a more buddhist magic approach of like being in such intense focus and samadhi that you like just go in and like do the thing yourself uh -huh. like there, there's this different like it opens up a world of a lot more things can go wrong like you have to have a lot more, <laughs> yeah. more self-control and a lot more know-how and a lot more experience to be able to do this right than to simply find the right person that you can trust to do it for you and pay them <laughs> basically oh yeah it's crazy that's that's the um folding down the martial arts that's the internal and external martial arts thing is that the the internal martial arts are about building inside out the external martial arts about outside in mm. and it's kind of funny that that uh, now we have this corollary between that that western practice where it's like you're trying to get petition things outside of you to then <laughs> work on your behalf versus yeah. i'm just going to build up this intensity of will and focus within myself and then that's going to yeah fold outward yeah, it's like, and it's like in my explorations of like how the the Taijans build a spirit body using the reversing the thirty two parts of the body meditation in Buddhism, where they watch a body decompose, they reverse it to build one, right? Yeah. And I'm I, like my the the closest corollary I found. I mean, there's there's something to be said for the um ah oh, the the big Archangel Michael thing in in um ancient christian magic i forget what it's exactly called um there's a long thing in that where it does mention different parts of the body and spirits built kind of building it but the bigger one which uh um tim sailor from our sister podcast uh uh nightbird radio um brought to my attention was through the secret book of john where all the 365 archons which is the days of the year which there's a lot to be said here for like comparing to uh is it maya i think it's in the maya calendar where they they, they have the or is it Aztec, oh, where, where they have the, yeah. like, the, the, like uh, um all these different time increments that are related That's... to the human body right so so when you have 365 angelic archonic beings constructing the human body that is the amount of days in the year Mm. it's the reverse they mapped the body to the year whereas in the other they mapped the year to the body like there's body. oh there's, huh. so so it's the same sort of concept where they're, they're relating time and humanity and and uh fuck now i'm gonna forget what i was originally talking about because i'm going out of inside a, out outside in on a third thing 
uh-huh. keep it keep it and remind me because because now that's reminding of like how Terrence McKenna mentions that the mushrooms told him what you call time we call human ah uh-huh. so like there's this weird thing with time and humanity going on in all these various places with, well which <clears throat> which tracks because it's it's through us that we even have any of that yeah it's it's like like a case of our awareness that determines the experience that we refer to as yeah and we have yeah and we have huh oh okay well so it makes you wonder if like okay is time the first technology then if it's right it's it's an interesting thing i i i think there's reason to believe that this universe that this this reality this world that we're in was created primarily for humans there's also reason to believe that we're just some extra and a lot of it wants us gone Mm. it's a very strange paradox for me because i've had experiences of capital t trueness that matched to both mm. and i i don't i don't know what to make of that um other than that i have to learn how to exist with both realities yeah well i i i think there i think there's there is an ex, uh, an acceptance of paradox that has to happen as you as you kind of go along this path i i uh and that you you have to i mean that that's like the robert anton wilson reality tunnel thing like you accept that you know you're different you're gonna have to take on different worldviews at different times mm-hmm. to make sense of things and they all kind of coexist a bit um and and it also makes me wonder if like kind of going back to what we're talking about with the angels like if you get say if you jump your perspective jumps and several dimensions up whatever the fuck any of this means what is that does that look do those do those things unify at a different distance right these paradoxes like do they like okay there are things that want to destroy us but if if we didn't have those those things of resistance would we grow as spiritual beings or whatever like if those weren't yeah. there yeah, it's really weird. It's like how to be how to be human centric, but also an animist. Mm-hmm. Because I think there is an element of both involved in where we are at right now. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise there wouldn't be so much effort being put forth to change the human mind to one of purely mechanistic qualities. Mm. If, if it weren't of importance to the overall reality, then there wouldn't be so much effort put into altering it. And the argument could be made that that's just because of the technology and the damage we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. But I would disagree. I would say, I would say that there are very few actual, actually a very few amount of humans causing physical damage. They're the ones in charge of how much damage and they control how much damage is done, right? Mm. Through industry and through 
like what is expected of all the other humans in order to exist. But mm. yeah, I, I, I think beyond that, there's a lot. I think it might be overall a reality that is sort of for it's it's sort of it sort of might be focused on the human but that doesn't mean that there aren't an infinite like impossible number of spirits types of spirits classifications coming from various cosmology cos- cosmologies that are all true right yeah what and then and also it it can't help but be human because we are human <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 like the technology that was built so that everyone could share this place called Earth to send their folks to to learn things and to grow. Mm-hmm. But then also perhaps some of them are actually born within it from the spirit of this place. And mm. and perhaps those are some of the ones that are a little bit more stuck. I don't know. I I, I tend to think of there's there might be a purely human soul and there um, might be there might be a lot of other beings that come here to be human for a while to learn things and experience and to to grow i don't know i do know that i i specifically myself feel like i didn't come from here like very specifically did not originate here um i um i'm not sure i did either yeah yeah uh i i don't but the thing is is i also don't know what i mean the opposite of that feeling would be right like well it's like kurt and brian originated here yeah like all the me that this story did but there's a me beneath that that like when i'm on a high dose of mushrooms i can easily access and i can see how all the rest of this slides off at death and i'm left with what's underneath and the what's mm. underneath has been along, has been around for a lot, a lot longer than Brian has, and it's it's much more capable than Brian is. <laughs> you know, like it, it knows things that Brian doesn't know, and um, and it's always there for me, and it's it's going to be me when I'm dead, you know. Mm. It's, um, but it, I get the distinct impression like that that it didn't come from here. Um, so I, I'm always left with this feeling that this place is is here for for the benefit of whoever is bold enough to come incarnate slash those who incarnate here because this place is also a place where souls are born. Mm. And I think there might be a differentiation there, which, yeah, things get really it, it, it's it's insane how complex the invisible gets right like like when we were talking with reed about death metaphysics and how there are just so many places that the dead go yeah in my experience none of them are false it's like yeah. and what does that tell us about capital r reality capital t true it's like these places that they come from all must be real. Like this place must be shared by many different realities and mm. many 
places. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Mm. Mm. And, and maybe some of them are always vying to be the one true reality here. Maybe that's, maybe there is that, but I think that over time, the there's a benefic homogenization that takes place. And I think over time, everyone sort of realizes they're on the same team, except the thing that is that guillotine blade. That's a, it's a really funny thought to think that, uh, 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 really earth is a is the cosmic cosmic selector button and so everybody like if you if you got enough people believing one thing all of the universe shifts to that reality so it's like so you have people's yeah you might have you have uh intelligence and spirits coming from different directions they're like well we we need to select uh, I think we should select this reality if for some reason only earth is the place where we can do that I don't know I think the most terrifying thing about reality is that it's probably democratic. <laughs> uh, uh, there are like a lot of different political parties. Yeah. Or maybe we're just the uh, the the base boost button on the boombox that occasionally. People... <laughs> <laughs> It's like already up to 11 and they're like, hit it now. <laughs> you sure? It's 2023. <laughs> you're like, no, now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, yeah. I should go soon. Oh. I told Sasha I would be ready for dinner at 8. And now I have to cut it there. Well, I have to, I have to edit that out. Oh, because she doesn't want to be associated with this not claptrap that we... I don't really want to put her name on there with the amount of curses I've been receiving. That's so like, that's fair. That's all fair. this will be cut off. And then now I'm going to go... <laughs> so it'll show up really obviously. And then I'll know oh. when it's coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, this is this has been fun. I needed to I needed to vent because uh, we generally talk about things as like a <clears throat> as a film and as a creative thing as well. Yeah, uh, and and this time we were blessed and graced with with Reed like um, giving us giving us a lot more perspective than a lot of a lot of different perspective than we would have come up with on our own and mm -hmm. uh, but but i think we we also needed to kind of go off about it a little bit because yeah there's was a lot of investment in in time and uh an experience to watch this thing and and i i i love the experience of it but i also <laughs> needed to complain about the bears <laughs> i just gonna be real uh, and i needed to complain about lee scoresby so uh yeah and manuel miranda that works yeah the the new york banker from texas <laughs> apparently <laughs> so but yeah um thanks again to read um we hope to have you back and, and perhaps next time 
the fusion can happen between like uh the the lie the low and highbrow <laughs> or maybe maybe it'll just be like this it'll just be highbrow and then we have to we have to yeah talk about yeah. our silliness that's afterwards. fine that's, that's, fine that's also like I, I feel so graced to have had uh his thoughts on this uh from a level of being able to reference so many things that i i simply don't have the mental capacity for like i'm just an add ex-drug addict who has a lot of issues keeping track of things i i have i still have an empty page in front of me that i planned on taking notes so i could refer back and ask questions to him and and i it's, empty, it's still empty you know like the, the whole time i'm like uh-huh uh -huh. and i look down and i'm like okay i see that i have planned to ask you nothing cool how very buddhist of you <laughs> you've connected with the Tao. actually that's what happened that's that's the Taoist notes it's just a blank page I, I think I think the trick is if you do it gracefully. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just gotta learn that part. Like, I mean, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, thanks thanks again to Reed and and I I truly hope that he comes to us in a month or two with something he's just been just dying fucking tear into and and I will be thrilled to listen to him again and then um and then if he has to go I'm I'm gonna complain about the bare hands. <laughs> where are the thumbs <laughs> all right thanks thanks everybody who's stayed late for us yes or listen to the bonus episode <laughs> what we decide to do to make this as graceful as possible okay i love you kurt i love you too man bye bye I don't know what to do with that. I really hope that doesn't seem like weird if we, I don't know. I'll listen to it later. I'm not going to think about it now. I got to go pee. I'll be right back. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what is this? Wait, did I not stop the recording? No, it's still recording. Oh, is it? Oh. How did well, that I did I I didn't well, it's just, it would be blank space, basically, because I was just... Uh... Well, that's fine, because there was something else. Oh, no, there was another thing? Nice. Well, we didn't get it on, on the record. <laughs> <laughs>
but I'm 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 really interested in um how you mentioned right after we got off the call how like uh, it was unfortunate we didn't get into the difference in how you would see ethics or morality if you were outside of time. Yeah. And how that might play into the angelic influence in something like Empire, the potential for angelic influence in something like Empire. Empire, So if you are outside of time and you see that an archonic plot has been instilled, potentially since the Roman Empire, right? Like, Like Rome hijacked Christianity like it's very easily arguable that Rome hijacked Christianity to maintain power. Mm. So there's this sort of like, I personally don't blame Christianity at all. I blame empire for commandeering it because originally Christianity was a cult of pariahs who were necromantic in nature. And Mm -hmm. I personally, very personally identify with that. Mm. yeah i get it um i get the idea of a merit machine that harrows hell and that raises and and elevates the dead and and like the christians were taking body parts and sleeping in graveyards all Mm. stuff that i think is like perfectly holy now you know um at this point in my life um so what does that how do, how does that relate to how what what if we already have the disease mm. what if the materialist disease already got in following the disease of empire maybe they're different stages of the same illness the same spiritual infection um and maybe the internet and mass trauma through media is like final stages now that process that period of time could have potentially played out for thousands and thousands and thousands of years where we were stuck where we were cut off where we were organized where we'd faced the guillotine right that but it's it's reaching its end we're like we're reaching that culmination where people can recognize that spirit and i think that they can recognize it because we know that the british empire did that it's very clear we're at this point where where even people that don't really mean it say they're anti-colonial yeah it's become a thing would that be a thing if the British Empire hadn't done it so aggressively and so abruptly and so sloppily in a lot of fiercely ways. too, yeah. Right. Now, what if what if it ends now? What if it ends within the next 50 years and we don't as a collective human, like a human soul, what if what if we overcome empire as a spirit? And we recognize it as wrong and we recognize how to recognize it because of the trauma we have to go through. But what if that could have lasted thousands and thousands of years and the angels accelerated it? Like, is there is there someone to blame for that? Or is that a, a blessing? That <clears throat> they're ending it more swiftly. And that's that's where I kind of come around to like, 
our perspective is incredibly limited. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's good or bad unless I can look 100 years from now and then also see potential other futures. Um, yeah, it gets really, really muddled and really complicated. Yeah, and it's sort of, uh, it sort of, uh, it sort of leans credence to that whole like the Lord works in mysterious ways thing, where like, uh, yeah, I, I was saying it's it's almost like the uh, if if you look at it that way, like if it's a, if it's a higher intelligence that's higher dimensional, whatever that that can see time as territory, and you can see that if you nudge people towards this very hard lesson and make it harder that then what the other end of it if you were able to see that i don't know if that justifies it but does that is that still an act of good and it it's to me it it correlates with like and i was saying that it's almost like the the judas iscariot thing where like you Christ doesn't become who Christ is unless he gets betrayed by Judas. So in a, some sense, like our, it makes, it opens up this question. Like, are the, is who John D talking to, were they really angels and were they playing the Judas role? Sure. Yeah. And um, I don't know that there's uh, a, a clear answer for that. I don't know if we can even know that. It's kind of like, it, are you talking about like that that pagan group he was in? Then he was like, I kind of was part of the end of it. Yeah, it's like he didn't. He said he didn't mean to be. Yeah, but agents of change are often labeled as villains and pariahs, mm-hmm. and they often actually bring about a lot of pain and suffering. Suffering. Um, but it but it's but it's, it's temporary yeah and that and the their the context for them shifts over time and you sure can, you can see uh you can they're yeah and i then, don't know it's another thing I, I really wish i could have gotten to talk to him about him or mm-hmm. talk with him about and and I, and I hope that we get to in the future is christ being it like jesus christ being 100 percent anti establishment anti-established power yeah how like if you literally just took the gospels and made them the bible you could kind of eliminate which which a lot of a lot of ancient theologians wanted to do Mm. and were were denied by rome um huh okay so it was a big push for like all the jesus stuff is all that matters right and they're like well actually we need all this desert gin blood god stuff too because it's good for the look <laughs> but yeah christianity is so fucking messy and it's, kinda... it's, it's it fascinates me because christ was an anarchist hmm. christ was you have the power within you like you cannot reach god through me through any means but me right but but when he said me, it means that like this universal human spirit everyone has access to. And if you take that as such, there's this like universal self-empowerment going on uh, because it did disrupt all. He disrupted all of the power systems of the time, mm-hmm. um, mythically speaking, obviously.
I can't think of anything more um, sort of like self-sovereign than that, than just like the, by yeah. your, by, and even he's like being like, by your faith you're healed. It's like, do not put this on me. You are the one that had this power. Mm. Even in Christ's miracles, he's putting it back on the individual. And to me, that is kind of like this ultimate. Yeah, it's 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 what was done with that. Like, like all those details of sovereignty and of personal choice and of like uh, back to the individual experiencer. Um, all that stuff gets swept under the rug because they're able to pull in all the stories before, but mostly before, some after because fucking Paul. But what well, it, it's interesting, fucking John, fucking John of Patmos, like sucking dick. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, it's it's also, uh, I think the other. Th- well, actually, I'm not sure where to, where to put. You know, I'm I'm not as well, well. I, like I've never read the Bible, honestly, not really. I'm I'm not like, I've never been an actual functioning Christian, but it's been very fascinating doing these Christian things, typically Christian things, typically Catholic things, like, and the power, uh, that I can sense in them. And the reality of the, and I, part of me wonders, like me being an outsider to an extent and coming to this, does that let me sense that stuff better? Like the actual current that's running through it. And, um, and it's sort of fascinating too, that I think whether you think of, of, uh, Christ as, uh, well, who cares about the debating the reality of it? I, I think there's a reality to the energy, the spiritual energy of, of, of Christ. I think it's a thing you can experience. I think anybody can experience it's just like Buddha. Like it's, yeah, it, they really, in my mind, they occupy the same, like one didn't have to die first. He just uh-huh. rose like Enoch, right? Uh-huh. Buddha and Enoch, but yeah. How are they different? Yeah. <clears throat> um, but Jesus like died and then went up. So there's yeah. there's inherently necromancy involved. Like mm. if, if there's something about and, and the harrowing of hell, and you can also, Kurt, I don't know if we've talked about this. You can you cannot do anything. You can make the sign of the cross and like take in the spirit of Jesus and then offer merit through the merits of Jesus Christ. Oh. It's a very strange thing. Ooh. It's just sort of there. I don't do it often, but I've experimented with it a little bit. It's why you can call on Jesus to elevate the dead because he's literally made of merit. It's just that we didn't realize we were doing that before, before we understood merit. It's a very, very strange thing. I'm like, oh, okay. So the East is filling in my metaphysics um but the west still makes sense uh-huh <clears throat> hmm. okay we're gonna have to I, i'll have to sit with that and i can try <laughs> it too um, very strange 
Well, I mean, uh, actually, I need to, I should probably do that again. My most, my, my weirdest experience with like Christian stuff was I, I did a no venator of the sacred heart of Jesus. And it induced, I thought I've talked about this. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but it induced like journey experiences. Like I did the prayers, I did this like breathing technique, and then I sat down and it was like, well, actually, I remember the first time it happened, I was like, you know, I finished the the first day of the event and all like the ritual shit I was doing. And I sat down to like start working on something. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm about to trip out. And then like, and then I had like a, a full, um, I had this, uh, a fully imp- like just almost like a past life journey or something huh. or not. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a past life. It, I've had, I, and it was crazy because every day of the novena, it would like, I would do what I was doing is I was, uh, I was, there was a reke, there's a reke breathing technique, which is like, you imagine the symbol and breathe it on into all your chakras. And I was doing that, but I was imagining the sacred heart instead of, <sighs> instead of the choku in, in the reke symbols, I was imagining a sacred heart in front of everything. And, um, yeah, every, every, all nine days, there was another, there's another journey experience that would happen. Um, and they, they, yeah, and they went they went all over the place. It wasn't just um and did some really like I, yeah. I'm not I, should I share some of it? I don't know. <laughs> you are. <laughs> oh, actually I remember you sharing some of it in the Discord. It was pretty racy. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, there's a I, there's a I, actually, I, I remember yeah, I th- I think there's an there's a reality to the whole like Mary Magdalene and and Christ having sex. I think there's a, a definite reality to that. Well, I, I think I think that Christianity is a like they just put a new skin on old ideas, and and so these things like cannot help but emerge. Mm-hmm. You cannot stop them. It doesn't matter how many fucking coats of paint you put on it. Um, it's going to end up sexual and weird and mm. full of pain and sacrifice and, and because that is the human experience it's full of d- desire and regret and weirdness and like trying to frame one's own existence and like I think that the saints just so perfectly embody that because <clears throat> like we were talking about with, with Reed like, sometimes sometimes they're old gods sometimes mm-hmm. they're local land spirits sometimes they're actual humans who died and they were venerated and turned into deities yeah sometimes they're fucking still ghosts who are not elevated and who have been feeding on some weird shit like the saints are wild cards and it's exciting it's exciting but it's also like it isn't right right like we should know we should we should know when we're going to a land spirit. We should uh-huh. know when we're going to an angel or or an actual saint, someone someone who's died and been elevated um, through action or through merit or through veneration, like all of which are valid. But it's just it's so complex, and the whitewashing that that Christianity kind of put upon things, um, and it wasn't just Christianity; right? it was like empire commandeering christianity and then christianity succumbing to materialism Mm -hmm. with protestantism and 
like eliminating the magic from the sacraments. Like, oh, well, now it's just a symbol. Now it's just a symbol of the flesh and the blood. It's not actually the flesh and the blood. So you're not really in ceremony. Mm. You're you're faking. You're faking. <laughs> Which is again, that's alienation. As we you're you're it's you're adding another daisy chain peripheral yes. to 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 for the connector to we, we need your eight eight and a half inch fucking European adapter to connect <laughs> our quarter inch American <laughs> it's, it's actually stereo to mono uh so good luck <laughs> yeah and uh the the fact that there's another quality to the, where where I, I it feels like all so much of the Christian religion is like a structure that are a shell that's built around an, a core of like a bunch of varying mystics. It's all built off the back of mystics who are having direct experience. And but yeah, it's like every real mystic that pops up like reinfuses Christianity with some magic and yeah. then it like stumbles along for another few hundred years. Yeah. Yeah, I think because I mean it's like uh saint francis right saint francis of assisi he's the one that was like in the wilds and like is probably one of the more most animistic preaching animist. birds. yeah uh uh giving away money and, and and there's some i think there's some people that think he is he was literally christ reincarnated am i wrong on that i think there's some sects that sects of christianity that think that I'm unaware of that, but it uh-huh. surprised me because I know he had cults and mm. and was like radically much more. And this is where I wish I wish Reed were here because I know he would understand like the political differences and like what was uh-huh. actually going on. Because I that's stuff I just do my best to stay out of. But yeah, but I know that like St. Francis kind of thought give to the poor is a good idea, and the church. Has never once thought that. <laughs> Not first. Yeah. It's like, have you seen the Unpope? We have to do an episode on the Unpope. I keep, yeah, I, I, we, we do need to watch that. I, I, uh, Jack was telling me all about it too. Like, I, I haven't I, seen I, it. No. That's one of my favorite shows ever made. Um, the Unpope is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece because it takes it takes the shitty materialist bullshit that is the Catholic Church, and it's like, what if we had an actual saint mm. show up as the Pope? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Like, not a historical one reincarnated or anything, but just like, what if someone showed up whose character was actually saintly? What would that mm. look like? now how would that be taken now what would they look like in private um it's really good stuff really i'll good I'll, stuff. I'll have to watch it well i i think we should just find someone who wants to talk about it with us god you know i can think of one person look and i'm saving them for our 100th episode mm. but that's someone who would be really good to talk about that with hmm has he brought it up before? Yes, a few times. Okay. okay. But I, 
if you have something else you want to say, I want to hear it, but I, I, I should go. I no, I, I, I'm just that it's starting to get cold in my apartment. I need to turn the heat on. <laughs> right on. That's perfect then. All right. I, I'm not very St. Francis of Assisi right now. I, I, I need my fucking, I need my life <laughs> sack. Well, you're in fucking Vermont. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker was never in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, dude. And uh, love you too. yeah, I don't know where this audio or if it'll even show up, but if you hear this, yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and next time, St. Francis, you, you reincarnate in, in, in Norway. You tell me you can wish. To... No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I, I was I was like, oh, I'm gonna come up with a zinger to end it on. Oh, mine wasn't very good either, so it's okay. It's fine. I know that's why I was trying to pick up the slack. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Just yeah, you know what? I'm gonna get punished. Go, go back and listen to the first hour. <laughs> that shit was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week with whoever the fuck shows up. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>